first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we have a lot of great movies and TV shows to talk about. But first, we will be talking with Kelsey Mann, head of story from Onward, the brand new Pixar film. I'm going to hand it over to Catherine to do the interview. Hi, this is Catherine. Right now, I'm here with Kelsey Mann, who is the head of story for the wonderful, wonderful new Disney Pixar movie, Onward. Hello. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm happy Good. to talk to you. Yeah, yes, this is great. me too. Yeah. Okay, so as head of story, you're ultimately in charge of creating the look of Onward. So yeah. how do you know when the look of the character is perfect? Well, you know what? Um, uh, I would say that the art department is more responsible for the look of the character. They're the ones who kind of design it and they figure out like what it's supposed to look like. The story department, what we do is we figure out uh, what does it need to be, you know what I mean? Like so what we do is like I oversee a team of uh, story artists and our primary job is to uh, draw the movie. You know, so we take the script and we're the first ones to, to visualize it, right? Mm -hmm. But we do it with really rough sketches and uh, we figure out who the character is. And then we give that to the art department and say, Ian is an awkward kid. And so they go, okay, okay, so probably like a really big nose, you know, like mm -hmm. that'll be really kind of awkward and like large. And we're like, that's great, you know. We tell them uh, like who the character is and they help figure out what they look like to support that. Okay, yeah. so more on that, like so, how do you like figure out, uh, so do you just read through the script and then you, yeah. you say, yeah, yeah, so you just like, uh, tell me more in detail what you think. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah, so um, what we do is uh, we um, work with the writer uh, and the, the director and uh, we actually help like shape the script too. Sometimes Ooh. we'll, um, uh, like as a head of story, uh, as they are creating uh, the beats for the script, you know, I, I'm in the room with them and I kind of help like figure out what should happen. And then they go and write a script and then they'll give it to, to me and to a couple other uh, story artists and we'll, we will actually uh, make comments on the script mm -hmm. until uh, Dan is happy with it, our director. And then we will cast it to a certain story artist and then they get their sequence and then they, they read through that uh, uh, script and then they're the first ones to kind of uh, visualize it and they draw the shots, you know? They're, they kind of, we draw the movie, you know? Mm -hmm. So all wow. the camera angles, all the, uh, the acting, uh, sometimes we don't even have a set design, so we're the first ones to kind of sketch out what the environment looks like. Uh, so we, we basically uh, draw the movie. Yeah, and so um, in your first draft of kind of like you know, drawing the movie. Did you want everybody to live in like this, these mushroom houses or did you have any other ideas for that or like? Uh, I think we always had that idea of, um, 
of uh, characters living in, in mushrooms. We always thought that would be kind of like uh, interesting, and we wanted to like take something fantasy, like a mushroom house, but then stick a basketball hoop on it, and like um, like a TV antenna uh, yeah. on the top, you know. And we wanted to like modernize it and kind of make it a little like sadder, a little <laughs> comical, you know. And so uh, that kind of combination we always thought was funny. Yes. Yes. And so you, yeah, you're you're head of the team for Onward right now, yes. The head, uh, I'm the, of the uh, head of story. story, head yeah, of story, head of story. Yeah. So you've been on like on the team before, but yeah. um, like, what's the difference of being on the team versus leading the team, and which do you like better? Oh wow, that's a good question. Um, yeah, you know, uh, my um, primary job as as head of story is to support a lot of people. You know, I support the director, I support the producer. I, um, uh, I'm really there to support my team, you know, and uh, you're, um, it, I always find that when you're a story artist and when you become a story supervisor that it becomes uh, uh, more about uh, other people when you're a story supervisor, you know, it's not about you anymore, you know, mm -hmm. and so my primary job is to, is to make sure that my team uh, uh, is successful. You know, and so uh, my success comes from watching them being successful. You know? Oh, that's so, great! Yeah, and uh, that's incredibly rewarding because I can see uh, how uh, the the artists uh, uh, grow. You know, and I get to see like I I, I get I, I get so much joy out of seeing an artist uh, do something that they didn't think they could do before. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And you know, just seeing how other people are growing and that's yeah. just always yeah. always makes you feel so good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. And okay, does the I know you're not like head of like animation or anything, but no, does, yeah. does the animation yeah. change the storyline or does the storyline yeah. influence the animation? So it definitely like when we uh, so we storyboard a sequence and then it gets approved for production, mm -hmm. then it goes to the layout department and they're the first ones who do take it into the 3D environment and mm -hmm. they kind of do really rough blocking, you know, with the characters. It's kind of like action figure style, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. There's no, not a lot of animation done mm -hmm. yet. They may be sliding around and stuff, but they're getting the cameras down and the camera movements down. And then once that's approved, then it goes to into, uh, into animation. And animation, uh, they will always go off of uh, the storyboards and the layout, and uh, they um, will uh, try to achieve what the story points are, are in, in, in each sequence and in each shot. But um, animation, they always, uh, so they're kind of responding to what we need story-wise, and so uh, I, I would attend all of the uh, animation dailies, you know? We, we, uh -huh. we would get together every, yeah. every morning and kind of see all everyone's shots from the day before. Mm -hmm. And so Dan always liked to have me in there so I can help like uh, remind everybody what the story points were for that scene. You're good, <laughs> you're good. Okay. Um, Right now, it's winter in Chicago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you grew up in Minnesota. Yes. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, and went to school in northern Michigan. Yes, I did. So how long did it take you to decide to move to California? Did the oh. weather play a role in this decision? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, yeah, I grew up in Minnesota. 
and I thought I knew snow. I thought I, I knew like, oh yeah, I've had snow before. But then I went up to the uh, Upper Peninsula. <laughs> Holy cow! I had no idea. I, oh my gosh! I have photos of like snow like up to my waist. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Uh, but uh, you know, I do. I do miss it. You know, uh, I don't miss driving in it. That, that part I don't miss. But I, 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 I do miss like being around snow. But uh, I always wanted to work uh, uh, in movies, and I always knew that meant I'd have to go out to California. And so I moved out there uh, around uh, 2000 is when I moved out, out uh -huh. to LA. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to be uh, here in Chicago, even in uh, uh, March. You know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a little bit of snow outside, but uh, yeah, I do, I do miss it. Mm -hmm. I would. I mean, it's always nice to have a winter. You know. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Right now, we are talking with Kelsey Mann, head of story for the brand new Pixar film Onward, and I'm going to continue it with Catherine. Go ahead, Catherine. And so you said, as a kid, uh, or well, just as. Yeah. You know, your whole life you wanted to do what yeah. you do now. Yeah. And so I love cartoons. When you were young, did you know that you wanted to help create like the look of cartoon characters? I know I definitely really? would. Yes. I definitely would. Yes. It'd be so cool. Yeah, I always. I remember doing uh, when I was uh, when I was like uh, in elementary school. I can't remember what grade, but I I wrote a uh, uh, like where do you see yourself in, like in in like uh -huh. fifteen years or something, and. Uh, what I wrote when I was like in like fourth grade or something <laughs> is pretty accurate to what I'm doing right now. <laughs> like I wanted to work in, in uh, the animation field. Uh, I wanted to have a dog. I've got a dog oh, and, you know, and, uh, 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 and, a, and a family, you know, mm -hmm. like everything that I wanted, uh, I'm pretty much doing right now. Wow, so dream come I, true. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've always wanted to, uh, uh, work in movies and work in animation, and uh, uh, so I'm kind of living my dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, for sure. And so, um, were there any like deleted scenes in the movie that you were sad that you guys had to delete? Yeah, there's so many scenes that uh, uh, that we did that, that aren't in the film. Um, mm -hmm. There was uh, one particular uh, uh, set piece that I really enjoyed uh, was you know, we're doing a fantasy film that's uh, told in the modern setting. Yeah. So we always would make a list of classic fantasy things, and then we would put a modern spin on them. One of them was a, a labyrinth. We're oh, like, oh, yes. labyrinth is really classic. And then we're like, well, what's the what's the uh, modern equivalent we could spin on it? And we're like, well, they probably would just uh, add stores uh, to the labyrinth. So <laughs> it, it's now a mall, you know? We always thought that was really funny. Yes, that there would be like yes. the labyrinth mall, right? And <laughs> it's got a food court and, you know, there's all kinds of like stores they would want to yeah. make money off yes, of the labyrinth, yeah. right? And so the characters went into this labyrinth mall and uh, it was such a fun idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but ultimately, every time we tried it, uh, we did it for multiple screenings um, and it just never really worked. It was always a fun idea. It kind of makes you laugh, the, the mall labyrinth, but yeah. it never really did anything to challenge the main character to make them like uh, progress and growth. Mm -hmm. uh, and it just kind of like uh, fell flat, you know, and yeah. it wasn't until we uh, cut it and tried new things that uh, really uh, the movie started to work better. But I always liked that idea of that kind of mall labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> quick fire questions. Ooh, all right, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, all right. 
Do you like pancakes or waffles better? Oh, uh, pancakes. Oh, pancakes, okay. Spartan Wolverine or gophers? Or gophers? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm gonna go gophers. Oh, alrighty. And unicorn or pegasus? Uh, unicorn. <laughs> fiction or non-fiction? Oh, uh, fiction. Okay, Charles Dickens or Mark Twain? Oh, wow, Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Ice hockey or football? Oh, wow, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm a Minnesota <laughs> boy, so I'm going to go ice hockey. Oh, ice hockey so fun. And then Mike or Soli? Oh, oh, my goodness. That's <laughs> like picking which child I love the most. <laughs> I'm going to go Mike. Oh. I, I love you, Soli, but I'm going to go Mike. Everybody loves both of them. I see why it's a very hard decision. Yeah, those are my boys. Yes, those are my boys. Yeah. That, was, that, was, that was rough. That was emotional. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for talking with me. I had such a yes, fun time. Yes. Thank you so much. I thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. It was you. so nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Thanks so much for Kelsey Mann for talking to us about being head of story on the brand new Pixar film Onward. Make sure to check out the film. It is in theaters now. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you have been listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Flugel's Investigation Station. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Jerry Ors. We just finished talking with Kelsey Mann, with Catherine, and now we are going to transition to Llama Llama Family Fun Collection. We're going to be talking with Ruby. How are you doing today, Ruby? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. So, Let's just start off with a little bit of an introduction to the series. For people who don't know about it, can you talk a little bit about what it is, uh, who's the audience for, and what it has to offer? Sure. Um, so the Llama Llama Family Fun Collection DVD is a collection of episodes. Um, it's about a group of animal companions who work together to solve problems and face their fears. 
great synopsis. And we just talked about Onward with Kelsey Man Catherine was interviewing. And this is, of course, a little bit different because it is 2D animated. It's a little bit more of a standard cartoonish style. So can you talk a little bit about the animation style and how it fits the story? Um, the animation animation style is very cute. It's very innocent. They have bright colors, and it's definitely directed towards a younger audience. It really shows the expressions of the characters well, and it just generally fits um, this series very well. That's great to hear. And of course, since it's meant for kids, could you talk about the educational qualities or the moral qualities it has, if any? So it really does talk about communication in friend groups and that you should always be willing to help your friends and you can solve problems in a team and a team effort can get things done faster. Oh, I like that. I like the focus on communication because especially in today's world, we communicate a lot. Maybe it's online instead of in person, but we do a lot of talking to each other in some way. So good on them for talking about that and covering that. And because that is definitely a little bit different of a topic, you know, friendship, of course, we see that a lot, but communication is a little bit different. How do you think that comes across to the children? Do you think that children will be able to enjoy the show and get something from it? Oh, definitely, for sure. It's um, It just really has a very tight-knit group of friends. They clear, clearly care a lot about each other. They have each other's backs. You know, they solve each other's problems. Um, and it really does uh, help with communication and uh, this mutual trust between friends. It definitely seems so, and I'm so glad to hear that. Now, this is from the title, Season 2, Volume 2. It is not the first episode. It's not the second episode. It's quite far along the series. Do parents or even kids have to be worried about knowing a little bit of information about the show, or can they just jump in and enjoy it from the second season? Um, I think that you could just jump in and enjoy it. Every episode is a new story, and they really do well with the backstory of the characters. So let's say I was to skip an episode. I don't think I would miss much because there's always a new storyline per episode. Well, it's very good that they were able to fit so many stories, but overall... How many stars would you give this, Ruby? I'd give this a four out of five stars, I'd say. And why that? Why not five out of five? Um, only because um, I feel I feel like I, it's not personally my kind of film or my kind of series. However, um, it is for younger children. So the only reason I docked a star is just because I feel like um, maybe it could be a little more relatable to perhaps older kids, even though it is meant for younger children. I feel like it could also teach older kids a lesson who maybe should have learned that lesson a long time ago. You know, that's a great segue into my next question, and that is the age range, because it definitely seems like this has a little bit of an untraditional audience. Can you talk a little bit more about who you think this is best for? Okay, I would recommend this for ages 2 to 10 um, reason being, um, just because the uh, language is very simple, um, they don't really go into too much detail, the plots are pretty simple, so it really is meant for younger children uh, to understand. Well, it definitely seems like it is great for children. We are now going to switch gears. Ruby, thanks so much for talking to us about Lama Lama Family Fun Collection. Anytime. For our audience, make sure to check out Parents. Maybe it's great for your kids. Kids, make sure to show it to your parents. We, You are listening to Kids First Coming Attractions, and now we will be talking with Ethan and Will about Sonic Boom Season 2, Volume 2. Now, we just have a Sonic the Hedgehog movie in theaters, but this show has been going on for a while. We've talked about it on the radio show, I believe, previously, but 
Ethan, for people who don't know, could you talk a little bit about what the show has, what the DVD collection has in it? So, um, it's this is Sonic Boom Season 1, Volume 2, so uh, there's another one. It's really cool. They're both really cool. It's like four hours of action, fun, and entertainment. It also comes with 26 like really, really fun episodes. I watched all of them, both discs. And what's nice is they it comes with a gift. It's like a little box. And it came with two characters, Tails and Knuckles. It was really nice. Oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds absolutely amazing. I, I, I know this is generally meant for kids, but to me, that sounds amazing. And something I love about TV is that there's just so much content. I mean, four hours long, a new Sonic movie is probably around an hour and a half long. Just shows you how much work goes into these TV shows. That leads me to my next question. Will, do you think throughout those entire four hours of the season, it still is interesting to people who watch it? Yeah, I think so. And what makes it interesting? What makes it really entertaining? I think just how they all work together and they always end up winning or saving the day, saving the village. But it is it does also have just the right amount of like they don't win always, but in the end they do win. Well, I'm glad they're able to kind of make that interesting because of course there's a lot of kid shows with that style. Something happens, they win at the end. Seems like they're able to mix it up a little bit. And Ethan, because this is animated, luckily we do not have the horrifying creation that was in the original Sonic trailer of the film. Seems a little bit better than that. Could you talk a little bit about how much you like the animation and how it fit the story, the characters, and Sonic the Hedgehog itself? Um, so I like the graphics because the colors were like very bright. And the voiceovers were, like, amazing. They matched each person. Like, Knuckles, he's, like, huge, so you would think, like, he has a deep voice, and he does, and it's really cool. And also the theme song, it's very catchy. I love the theme song. Oh, that's great, and that's true because, of course, Sonic the Hedgehog, there's been voiceovers many times before, so you kind of have to match that. And, Will, overall, how many stars do you think you'd give this DVD collection and why? I would give this four out of five stars because... I just really loved it, but there was, the reason I only gave it four is because there was um, one episode in the 26 that was only in Spanish, and I couldn't even put the subtitles on, so couldn't really enjoy that one. Well, that's very fair. Definitely a little bit of oversight not to put subtitles. I hope that the other episodes do have subtitles for other languages aside from English, because, of course, there there are kids all over the world who want to enjoy Sonic the Hedgehog. But we are running low on time. Ethan, how about you? How many stars do you give it? I give it five out of five because the DVD collection is really nice. I liked all these episodes. And it's like they like every episode you expect something new and that's what they give you. They give you exactly what you want. Very glad to hear. For our audience, make sure to check out this DVD collection. But for now, let's take a break. I'm your host, Jerry Ors from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Come Attractions. This week's show is sponsored by Flugel's Investigation Station. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and we just had a lot of great segments. We heard Kelsey Mann, who's the head of story and worked on Onward. We talked about Llama Llama Family Fun Collection. We talked about Sonic Boom Season 2, Volume 2. Coming up ahead, we have Wendy. We're going to be interviewing Catherine about that. But right now, we're going to be talking to Celine about First Ella Bella Bingo. It is a brand new movie based off an animated show of the same name. Celine, thanks so much for being here. Let's just start this off with your initial thoughts of this movie. What did you think of it? Well, I thought this music movie was very energetic and fun, and oh, it's all about the magic of friendship, and I really liked the movie. I like that word, energetic. We should use that word more. I really like that to describe films. So uh, this is definitely meant for kids, so could you just start off with what I'm sure parents want to know is, how is it meant for kids? How does it appeal to kids? Is it an entertaining story? Does it have good lessons? Just talk about the appeal for kids. Well, it has really good lessons about friendship in it, and that really helps, and the loyalty, and it really shows that, like, friendship is more important than having things or possessions that Ella Bella learns about in the film. That's definitely something we need to learn about in this society that's very, very important for kids to learn, and... Something that a lot of kids voice their opinions about is films that are a little bit too boring because they're nothing but educational. It's just lesson upon lesson upon lesson. So, Ella Bella Bingo, do you think it's still entertaining? Do you think it still does its job of taking you into a new world? For sure. You barely even notice you're learning anything, but after you watch it and you really think about it, you really understand that you just learned something. And the animals, just like, it was amazing. It was so fun. 
It really sounds fun. And since you talked about the animals, that's a very good segue to the animation. It is a 3D animated film. And can you talk a little bit about what you thought of the 3D of 3D animation? Of course, it is not Pixar. But to my eyes, it looked really beautiful. It looked stylish. It looked colorful. I really like the style. Oh my god, the animation was beautiful. The colors, they were so bright and it was like the lifelike and I just like I loved this film. It really does seem great to me. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like when I watched the trailer the film was dubbed, correct? It was originally in a different language. No, it was in English. Okay, great. Never mind that. So my next question is out of the scenes, because we talked a lot about how it's entertaining, how it's beautiful. Do you have a favorite scene, something that appealed to you that really showed just how good this film is? For sure. When the chickens would dance, they were my favorite characters. They were so funny and they made the movie hilarious. They really seemed hilarious. So it seems like the comedy was a really great feature about this uh, movie but since it's meant for kids do you think that other audiences can enjoy the film you know enjoy the comedy that they're delivering what age range would you give it ages five to ten and why that because of the subject matter it just relates to that age that's very true it does and how many stars would you give it out of five three and a half out of five maybe four Okay, and why is that? Was what was there that it could have improved on? Hmm. I honestly don't really like know. Like, I really liked the movie. It was really good. Mm. It was that, just like a little young, and on my age perspective. It definitely seems so. That's very understandable. But thank you so much for talking to us about Ella Bella Bingo. Well, it definitely seems like a great animated film, so I definitely recommend for our audience to check it out. We are going to switch gears now very quickly, and we're going to continue talking to Selene, but this time about To the Beat, Back to School. And just as that too signifies, it is a sequel. I love puns and titles. I think they're amazing. But Selene, even though this pun is amazing, do you think that the audience will be able to enjoy this film even if they haven't seen the original film? Yeah, there's no problem. I haven't even watched the first film, and I completely understood the movie. Well, then you're a great example of it. Now the question is, how much would audiences enjoy this film? Could you talk about what you liked about it, what you disliked about it? I love the music, the choreography, the singing, the dancing. And the showcase was amazing. It definitely seems really beautiful and pretty, but... We actually have a very similar problem like we did with Ella Bella Bingo and that it is marketed to a very specific audience. It's a hit teen comedy, as they describe it. So do you think that a lot of audiences can enjoy the story? Could you talk a little bit about who you think this is best suited for and why? Well, it's about high school social scenes and drama and all about the high school life and and the rivalries and... And in terms of the story, was that still entertaining? Did you yourself enjoy it? Or do you think that it seemed a little bit cringy or fake at times or artificial? Well, the acting was it was a little like cringy at some points, but in other points, especially the showcase, the acting really stood out. Mm. And do you think that infected the entire film overall? Like overall, how many stories would you give it and why? 
Um, I would give it three out of five stars, and I recommend it for ages 12 to 18. Okay, that seems very fair. Well, Celine, thank you so much for talking to us about To The Beat, Back To School. For our audience, make sure to check it out. It releases March 10th, so definitely check that film out. You're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and now we're going to be talking with Catherine, Tiana, and Sonia Rain about Onward. Now, this is the brand new Pixar film. I'm a big fan about Pixar but recently, the last five to ten years, their quality has gone a little bit lower at times. So, Catherine, let's start with you. What did you think about Onward, and especially what did you think about it compared to other Pixar films? Well, I've personally loved it. I mean, I thought it had, like, great messages. You know, it's about, like, these two brothers, and I can relate to that. I have three older brothers, and, you know, I, I think it compares very well to some of the other Pixar Disney movies. That is so good to hear because I was worried it's going to drop in quality. Now, of course, we can't talk about a Pixar film without talking about the animation. This film looks beautiful. I just want to put that out there. It looks really, really beautiful, but I didn't see the film. So, Tiana, could you talk a little bit about what you thought of the animation, about the style? Did it really look pretty? Did it look good on screen? Yes, the animation definitely looked amazing. The movie was hilarious. It had terrific animation, and everything about it was good. I liked all the colors, and the colors really seemed to pop out inside the movie. That is so good to hear because, my God, they do amazing work over there at Pixar. Aside from the... Uh, aside from the animation, something you have to talk about with the Pixar film is the story. So, Catherine, back to you. What did you think of the story, and did you think it was original? Was it entertaining? I thought it was very entertaining, and it was also, it was original. It was actually inspired by uh, the director's own childhood, and so I thought that that was a very cool element of it. Yeah, I mean, the storyline, I thought it was pretty creative. That is so good to hear. And, Tiana, my next question is, for you, do you think that it could appeal to all audiences? Because sometimes Pixar films are meant for younger uh, individuals, young younger audiences. So, what age range would you give it? I would give Onward a six. I would rate it for kids ages six to eighteen, and adults will definitely love this movie too. Because when I was even watching it in the theater, everyone in there was laughing and really enjoying the movie. That is great. I'm glad they were able to pull that off. And Sonia Rain, my question for you is, the comedy specifically, did you enjoy, did you think at times it was a little bit repetitive or a little bit forced, or did it just make you laugh the entire time? I actually liked the comedy. It was actually really funny because there were certain parts in the movie where um, the comedy would be like out of nowhere, like it would just pop up in your face and it would like, even in the movie theater, people like the whole theater would start laughing. So it was really funny. It definitely seems funny, Sanaya Rain. Sorry for mispronouncing your name. It's okay. And Sanaya Rain, overall, how many stories would you give it and why? I would give it uh, four out of five stars because even though I normally don't watch a lot of animated movies, this movie was like more of a movie with like a lot of message to it. And it's like family-wise and like a lot of people do like family-wise movies, but like it just depends on what their topic is about. Yeah, Pixar always surprised me with that. Their films are full of messages and themes, much more than you see really in any other animated company, I guess you could say. 
So, uh, Catherine, my next question is for you. The messages and morals, in your opinion, how did they come across? How did they deliver to the audience? Did it seem out there or did it seem like it was natural and kind of fit the story? I thought it was quite natural. And, you know, what I really got across is it, from it is like family is the most important thing. Always love your family, you know, as in the movie, they were always sticking together. And, you know, I could see that. It was pretty natural. Really glad to hear it. And we are running low on time. But, Snyrain, I'd love to know from you, how many stars do you give the film and why? Um, I give the film a four out of five stars because um, the movie really stands out to me and Pixar does really good with their animation films. Thank you. And, Catherine, how about you? Uh, I give it a five out of five stars. I really loved it. And Tiana, how about you? I also rate it a five out of five stars because it's hilarious and it's definitely a family-friendly movie that anyone can go see. Well, Onward sounds like an absolutely brilliant film. I'm definitely going to check it out. I recommend for our audience to check it out. But right now, we're going to have to take a break. I'm Jerry Orris from Los Angeles, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. This week's show is sponsored by Flugel's Investigation Station. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors from Los Angeles. There's been a lot of animated shows we've been talking about, but now we're going to be talking about something live action, and it is Wendy, and we're going to be talking with Catherine about it. So, Catherine, this is a reimagining of Peter Pan. I absolutely love that, and can you talk a little bit about how it's different from the traditional Peter Pan story and what you thought of it? Well, it, I'll tell you one thing. It is very different. So, it still has most of the main characters, like 
Peter and Wendy, but uh, this is what it's mostly about. So it's like it's about a girl named Wendy, and she goes to this like really mysterious island along with her brothers, and like once they're on the island, they just they find a lot of things um, like nature and like the hardship of freedom and the struggles of life. That's a very great consensus of the plot. It, it, it definitely seems def- different than your traditional Peter Pan story. There's been a lot of reimaginings of Peter Pan, but it doesn't seem like there's been quite what this one wants to be. Now, of course, let's just jump into the quality, the execution of the story. What did you think of the story itself, first of all? Did you think that it was original? Well, definitely seemed original, but do you think that was entertaining and captivated the audience? Well, yes, it was very entertaining. It kept me at the edge of my seat the whole time. Uh, it just, at some parts, I did cover my eyes because, well, it's a lot of gore at some points. We should definitely talk about that because it is rated PG-13, which means kids can watch it. But parents may be a little bit uneasy about gore. So could you talk about, without explicably saying anything, what parents should be looking out for and what age range would you give it? Well, I would definitely give it like 11 to 12 to 18. And adults will also like this movie. They'll definitely should look out for, well, some profanity. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of profanity. And a lot of gory images, but also all these kids did their own stunts and they're very like risky, like jumping onto trains and, you know, stuff like that. So this yeah, gave me gotta- a lot more questions. <laughs> now, uh, like you mentioned, most of the cast are children. They're younger kids. Uh, so what was their acting performance? And I'd also like to know, I never thought I was going to ask this. How did the kids do as stunt performers as well? Well, they were... Okay, first of all, what I thought was so amazing is that they were all, like, unprofessional actors. They hadn't been experienced. And I was, like, reading around on articles, and I was like, whoa, these kids are all unexperienced. I thought they had been doing this their whole lives. All their stunts, they they were just incredible. They are very brave. Definitely seems so. Now, something that I really liked just from the trailers was the environments that it was in, because, of course, it takes place on Neverland, where kids never grow old. We all know that. But the island was just beautiful and gorgeous. So throughout the entire film, what did you think of their production design, the costumes, you know, making this world come to life? Well, actually, what I thought was also amazing was that they actually didn't really have to build a set. It was all nature. It was filmed on one of these islands. It, it, I thought it was. It came together very well. And the costumes, I mean, they just looked pretty good. Like, to, it, they fit the film very well. That's so interesting because it definitely seems like there was a lot of things that were done, you know, just with very little work. And I, of course, thought that's just the trailer. It can't be the entire film like that. So... Was the story still interesting? Were you still entertained even though there wasn't really much difference in where they were? It was just kind of on the island? I thought it was still very entertaining. It had a lot of twists and turns throughout the whole movie. And yeah, I I was pretty entertained by it. That's so good to hear. And 
You're listening to Kiss First Come Attractions. Right now, we are talking about Wendy with Catherine. And Catherine, I want to sidetrack this into the person who started the whole thing, who wrote it, and who directed it. It's Ben Zeitlin. And unlike the kids who are first-timers, he is not a first-timer. He was also an Academy Award-nominated director for Beast of the Southern Wild, which came out several years ago. So how did he do in directing this and in writing this overall? Well, I thought... Wow, I just I just said, wow. I mean, I personally got to meet him, which I felt like I was very lucky, and he explained more on that. He and his sister had actually had this idea for their whole lives, and they were also scared of growing up. And I just, I thought it was wonderfully directed. I do want to talk a little bit about your discussion with him. Could you talk about what you learned? You definitely seem to know a lot about what went on in the making of this film. So can you talk about... What did you learn from talking to him? Well, actually, when he had finished his movie and it had come out into theaters, uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild, um, he like he he was working on Wendy immediately. It took him seven years to finish the film, and I thought I was that was crazy, but it was beautiful, and you know, it was just. Wow, it was insane and crazy and awesome. It really is, because although films generally take a while to make, seven years is a long time, especially for nothing to go wrong. Generally, seven years means something went terribly, terribly wrong before production started. So it definitely seemed like he was really dedicated to the craft. Now, I actually got to hear him speak with his composer as well. So that leads me to my next question. What did you think about the score of the film? Because he talked a lot about how they created, what the inspiration was. What, in your opinion, did it add to the story and the experience? Well, it just opened like a whole new door for me. I thought probably going into this, I was like, oh, they probably just came up with this in one day. And, you know, uh, it just, I, you know... It, it opened a whole new door for me. I, yeah, yeah. As I said, it, I thought it was just in one, like in, I know it takes a while to think of stories, but just to know that he had actually had this his whole life. He'd read the book, he'd seen the movies. And, you know, what I also liked about it is that he actually didn't base it on really any of the movies or books that were made about it. I just thought it was wonderful that it was his own idea. It definitely is great. I love the, the twist he puts on it. It seems like it was really something that he loved to his childhood and he reflected with. And he's really, really famous for just making films that captivate you and capture you. His last film was exactly like that. And now the music was done by Dan Romer. So what did you think of the overall soundtrack of the film, the music of the film? I thought it was wonderful. And also I did a lot of research on Ben, but he he was also the co-composer too and i was just astounded by that the music fits it very well there was a lot of different variety in it but i like how it all tied in in some way you know something i saw from the clips is that there's a surprising amount of visual effects in a film about a whole bunch of kids who don't want to grow old or I should say special effects because it was a mix of both. So can you talk a little about of the effects of the film and creating some of the creatures we see in the film? Well, yes. Yeah, so there, if you've seen the trailer, you've probably seen that there's this giant fish monster thing. And it's, it was 
beautifully done. And what I also thought that it was incredible. It makes these beautiful noises, but those are actually noises by real fish, by whales. And I thought how they actually had used something in nature and added it to special effects was so very creative. And I thought it all tied in very well. Yes, he actually talked about that when I heard him speak with his composer. He said they actually hired uh, sound designers from, I believe it was Animal Planet. So you're definitely getting the best of the best of whale noises in this film, which I really love. But we are running out of time. So Catherine, overall, how many stars would you give this film and why? I would give it a four out of five stars just because, I mean, I think that there was a little bit too much like profanity and gore. But other than that, I thought it was a very great movie. I can definitely see your point there, but Catherine, thanks so much for talking to us about Wendy. Thank you. Of course, for our audience, make sure to check it out. And also make sure to check out Catherine's interview with Ben and my coverage of the Q&A panel with Ben Zeitlin, all at Kids First. Thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps. And to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critic team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week. <laughs>